when was the first moment in your life that you realized that you were a freak? I had a I had a t shirt that I used to wear obsessively that had a number of adjectives on it that were all extremely aggressive and Saturnian. And so, you know, I thought it was completely radical at the time. Um but I remember that whenever anybody asked me about this t shirt, I was get very aggressive and defensive, as if I was protecting something that I didn't understand. That sounds about right. Do you what were some of the words? Shit, well, this is the thing I'm trying to remember, but they were all, um, do you remember the brand No Fear? Yes, definitely. Yes, so it was, it was, you know, it was, we're talking the mid-90s, so it's like all adjectives you could ascribe to extreme sports, mm -hmm. I'd imagine. Like radical and stuff. Radical, awesome, um, fearless, courageous, extreme, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, it, and was it in like goth letters or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was... I don't think it was in black letter per se, but it was a black t-shirt, big white text. Uh -huh. it, was, it was loud. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and so people <laughs> asked, did people ask you about it in an accusatory or uh, like perplexed way or yeah, what I was think, there? I think accusatory is the way that I received it. Uh -huh. Irrespective of what they thought they were doing. What did you think they were accusing you of? Hmm. I just fell into a cul-de-sac. <laughs> this t-shirt, that's so funny. Well, I'll tell I'll tell you what, what led me to glitch. Is because I've actually been looking at the etymology of the word, right? The word freaks? Yeah. Okay. And it's been having me firing on all cylinders about it. Uh -huh. Because in a very basic sense, the word, like a lot of words... Um, just means like warrior, bold, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But somewhere in the Middle Ages, it took on this um, more, well, freakish connotation. Mm -hmm. um, it started to be associated with dancing and unpredictable behavior mm. or whimsical behavior. And a particular word that I found linked to it was capricious, which I thought was fantastic mm. because when I think of the word freak, I think of goat-like, I think of like Dionysus. Uh -huh. okay? And we've got this this association with all the freaks that I know and that I've met and the part of me that I associate with being a freak, it is to do with some kind of ecstatic impulse mm. that we can see um, always at the peripheries of different religious and cultural institutions, right? Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of us, that's a place that we found quite interesting to be. And a lot of that is to do with the types of people we tend to bump into at those peripheries, which I encapsulate as freaks. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm, I really want to figure out what this connection with this shirt and that place is. Uh, and, and, yes. and, and I, I, it has, it must have something to do with the feeling that arose in you when people were like, what is up with your shirt? And I, and I don't, I don't yeah. expect you to be able to articulate exactly how, but like, what, where t can you tell me about like the line from that moment, uh, or like that period of your life and like the first gathering of freaks that you consciously wandered into? How did you know they were your mm. people? 
what like what was the resonance it was a value match uh-huh. you, you know i think a lot of this can be folded into quite general understandings of the counterculture uh-huh. you know like um i have never particularly considered myself like a contrarian for the sake of it but i do often tend to find myself taking the contrary position in offensive situations and there's definitely a through line from that t-shirt to what i found myself doing in later life mm-hmm. that is riding that same wave so maybe maybe it was just like wanting to be on the other side of something from the people who were who, who thought there was something up with the shirt yeah i think so you know um yeah, in a, in a very basic sense, like uh, I was very frustrated with being a child mm-hmm. and having um, having very squishy boundaries all around me. Uh-huh. It just didn't suit my um. I, I I feel like it didn't suit my personality very well, you know, outside of any kind of um broader, like lofty philosophical reasons. Uh huh. Yeah. So do you mean the squishiness? Like the, like, like it, it seems, it seems like there's, mm. a, there's a contrast here. Yeah. Yeah. The squishiness because, because it, you know, it, if I look at like the through line from my Saturn return to now, so, uh, you know, I'm at the opening at uh, sextile after my Saturn return, the whole story on one level was getting all right with squishiness, mm. um, giving and receiving squishiness, mm-hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at my twenties, which was sort of like peak freak activity, um, found myself running like a little too hot uh-huh. <laughs> and it wasn't, I wasn't creating the kind of nourishing environment around myself and for myself, um, that I wanted to, mm-hmm. um, but the whole idea of, you know, this, um, when when I think about this this like this concept right of freaks yeah. as like a a Dionysian current, it's it runs hot because it is implicitly uh, a ritual access mm-hmm. uh, taking place on the edge of society. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, like you go into the woods to be a freak. Mm-hmm. The you know about the dancing plagues in Europe. Well, I, actually, I can't remember exactly what the story is that I thought I remembered, but it was like there were people dancing all over the place as some sort of like contagious phenomenon that was happening. That's it. Yeah. And there were a bunch of them, um, the most famous of which has the brilliant name as the Dancing Plague of 1518, uh-huh. uh, where something like between 50 and 400 people spontaneously took to dancing for weeks. Nice. And there have been all sorts of ideas about what this was, like, you know, that you often get the sort of thing about, like, it was like ergot wheat, um, uh, but um, most people seem to come down on the fact that these people were just extremely stressed out, uh-huh. and it erupted into, you know, convulsions in the body, you know, like um, when when a mammal, I can't speak for all animals, but I certainly know that when a mammal takes a shock, um, it mainlines it down through the body, right? Oh, shakes it down, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I feel that freaks 
are doing that for the wider Ooh, culture. Yeah. Cool. So mm, I'm I'm really taken with three textures that I've detected in what you're saying so far. There's squishy, mm. there's rigid, and then there's shaking. Uh, or something like yes like, like the like it's it's a sort of like an activation between the two mm-hmm. and uh that also reminds me a lot of the way that people in our let's say century dance at freak gatherings although i'm sure that it has everything in common at a fundamental level with the way that this has always happened you're you're telling this cool story about it being involuntary, but but like we also both of us have long histories with yes. subcultures of people like setting up speakers in places and and doing it on purpose. Yes, yes. Is that is that an experience that you had early, like the connection with music and with? Um, I mean, you've used the word counterculture, um, almost as though it's like a force of nature. Like it's just the thing that happens wherever there is culture everywhere and that those things all have something in common. But like there are also particular subcultures that arise for particular reasons or in response to particular things. And I'm interested in the part of your story where like you found subcultures that felt like a place for you to be. And then like they were doing something. And I presume a lot of it was shaking their bodies. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, how did you how did you find that part of your practice? Yeah, well, the first way it came in with any kind of force was um, through uh, black metal uh-huh. when I was a teenager, um, and you know, there's definitely a t-shirt callback there because when I discovered this uh, music that had very little regard for production value Mm. and was on the surface all about the most transgressive judeo-christian values you can imagine Mm. um it uh it lit something up (laughs) that was dormant in me and um yeah it wasn't until a lot later that um i found for lack of a better term, you know, like dance music and rave culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was initially just violently throwing my head around. What did it unlock in you to do that, to do the, to do the actual like physical component of that? It was something to do with the, um, with introducing me to the power of cosmic absolutes. Wow. In this sense, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the thematic undercurrent is the reality of evil, and the I guess you could say like I don't know if nihilism is the right term, but like um, man in the face of the overpowering force of nature, mm-hmm. you know, like like the sublime. Mm-hmm. Is that it was it was a sublime experience. Uh-huh. I needed to feel like I was under the shadow of a mountain. That woke me up. Uh Were there, that sounds like a very solitary experience or at least like a, like a, like an inward experience. Mm. Was there a point at which 
you sort of looked around and realized that there were like a hundred people also doing this and then these became your people? Um, yeah, I would say it wasn't until much later though. Uh huh. So not in the metal part, in the, in the rave part, that was where that happened. There was a, there was a sort of texture change first. Yeah. Well, I, I feel so, you know, um, there was an, there was a powerful sense of communion with the metal stuff, uh-huh. but in terms of like, um, feeling as if I was meeting other people, uh, on a soul level in this way that didn't come until I was getting into sort of rave culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, for me, there were, uh, real obstacles in my teens preventing me from being able to open to other people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until a combination of syncopated music and plant teachers uh-huh. um that i was able to sort of um pick my head up and out and actually see that there were lots of people around me the whole time syncopated music and plant teachers so so like what so so was there anything to this first on the metal part like it was just about the music for you this was just like a sonic experience that you were having it was a it was a philosophical experience. Uh-huh. It um, it effectively uh, pushed me into recognizing the what the the way I was behaving in the world was pretty pagan, for lack of a better term. Uh-huh. Uh, um, it was uh, like a summoning, mm. a summoning of what of who the summoning of me to um some kind of primeval font of energy that is always there that i didn't know how to find Mm -hmm. that when i did i immediately recognized um and felt course through my body and rejuvenate me you talk about this part as though it was it was a very particular chapter it led you to sort of other scenes with different aesthetics and practices and people and, you know, in, and you've said uh, also that that now you feel like you're kind of at the beginning of a new transformation uh, that that is uh, that that is in contrast to sort of the 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 force that you were describing earlier about this first metal phase. I'm interested in what this primeval primordial energy source like what what what's the what's the um like is it the same is there something in common that that all of these phases share as a source and like yeah. how is it changing as it manifests for you yeah so so the energy has remained the same the entire time the the difference between let's say like the metal phase and everything that came later was my ability to recognize that there that it was a communal experience Uh um when i did i started having a lot more fun Uh (laughs) i can say that um and you know when i speak about now feeling like i'm trying to bring in some kind of squishiness that's really just like a grounding process after getting completely blown off uh the face of the earth for a little too long. Uh-huh. Okay, so who who did you meet in that opening up of the experience from being a sort of inward philosophical 
and ecstatic experience for you to a communal experience. And I don't mean specifically necessarily, although if that's the, if that's the way the answer comes up, that's wonderful. But like, what were the others like and what, what function did they serve in your sort of personal transformation? Uh, Tricksters, Uh lots of trickster archetypes suddenly, Um, because the thing that was preventing the opening was um, a lack of, um, levity um playfulness and uh the type of person that could actually break through that and draw me out into it was a pronounced feature of this space mm-hmm. i was you know and again i associate it with the plants as well because they they adopted this role uh-huh. you know everything just invited me to come and dance did it feel like a diverse bunch of characters and i mean to include the plants in this question like mm. like the, the the all of the kinds of beings that were around you did they feel because because the word trickster sort of implies to me an originality or uh uh and also like a tr- shape-shifting a transformation from one moment to the next mm. like w- did you feel like there were lots of ways of being around you or did it feel like yeah. a sort of communal no, experience? absolutely absolutely because the the feeling um the feeling of inspiration i got from being around so many people pursuing their unique interpretation of how to exist and how to be embodied was the permission it gave me to you know essentially realize that um I can play whatever character I wish. Was that something you didn't know you could do or wanted to do or had the permission to do? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because before it was like um it was like I was stuck in opposition um to my former self and neither of those selves were actually fit. Mm. Neither, neither yeah. the original or the op- or the opposing version were 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 like able to fit into the rest yeah, of the, the story. The, uh, that's right. The, so the one that I was conditioned into, and then my reaction to that, uh-huh. neither of those were me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in there somewhere in like ill-fitting clothes, you know. 